Trigger warning. This podcast contains details from emotional abuse survivors. Hello and welcome back to Emotional Abuse is Real. Now that we've made it to the second episode, I'm thrilled to share my very first interview for the podcast with the two women behind Salt Sisters, an online community devoted to raising awareness about emotional and narcissistic abuse. This project was founded in early 2022 by two childhood friends, both named Laura, who, despite living on opposite sides of the world, discovered that they were victims of emotional abuse. The more they talked about their experiences, however, they realized that it was difficult to find people among their friends and family who could truly understand and support their trauma. Thus, Salt Sisters was born. On the Salt Sisters site, you can find numerous blog posts about how to spot narcissistic behavior and advice on how to extract yourself from these kinds of toxic relationships. <clears throat> I do need to note, though, that like me, the Lauras are not licensed clinicians, just fellow survivors who want to help others in similar circumstances. Therefore, the Salt Sisters community should not be considered a substitute for professional mental health treatment. Anyway, I love talking to the Lauras, who during the interview, I refer to by their initials, either LC or LP for the sake of their privacy. Fun fact, uh, this was actually my second time chatting with LC, as I interviewed her for an article several months ago that ultimately became the inspiration for this podcast. And another thing that was just so cool about this interview is, although the Lauras grew up together in England, LC now lives in New Zealand and LP still lives in the United Kingdom. So this interview wound up being a coordinated three-way intercontinental chat between myself in New York, LP in the UK, and LC in New Zealand. So thank you so much to the ladies of Salt Sisters for their flexibility in helping to make this happen. So without any further ado, here's my chat with the Lauras. Enjoy. <laughs> I would, I am, I just can't thank you both enough to, uh, for being here on the podcast. And to start, um, I'd just love to hear about how Salt Sisters came to be. Um, so it's been around for about a year, right? Um, so a few years ago, I, after like, I found everything out about the emotional abuse, I just was like processing it all and started journaling. I'd been to therapy and that. And then I just came up with this idea because I realized like I, I had no education about narcissistic abuse. I didn't really know how to heal from it. And I was like, there must be other people that are in the same situation so I said I wanted to start doing a blog and then Laura was still figuring things out and I used to just talk to her about everything and that's how she connected the dots and then she was like oh my gosh I need to do this as well and it sort of became a healing process for both of us. Yeah I, th I think you were a little bit further ahead in your healing process at the time so we were we were talking about it for a little bit before just in our own personal lives and then you came to me with the idea that you wanted to do it and, you know, create kind of community and involve other people. And I just thought, 
it was the most amazing idea because, you know, again, there wasn't really anyone that I could talk to in, in my personal life that really fully understood. And it was only really talking to Laura about it that it really started to help. So that's kind of how the idea started. And yeah, I was obviously in New Zealand as well. I like, I left the UK in 2015. So we both had these like crazy relationships within that time, but still kept in contact with each other. So it was like, we'd never really met our partners either. So it was quite separate. Okay, so um, what I would love for you both to talk about is what is the mission of Salt Sisters and what what do you hope to achieve with it? So we want to, essentially, we want to build a community of women who are brought together by their trauma of dealing with narcissistic abuse in particular. But that kind of comes under the umbrella of emotional abuse. Um, And yeah, we just want to bring women together so that we can validate each other because it's, it's such an isolating experience. And like Laura was saying, you often don't know anyone that's been through it. And we just want to have like a platform somewhere where women can contact each other and sort of relate, validate each other and just know that they're not alone. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and we'll repeat this again at the end, but, um, so it's saltsisters.com and salt with two L's. Is that correct? Yes. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And also, um, you guys are also on Instagram and that's, uh, salt sisters official. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. So I will put those in the show notes. And remember, everybody, it's Salt Sisters, two L's. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'd love to do is, you know, Elsie, I, I know we've talked before, but, you know, this is this is an opportunity. What, what I'm really looking forward to with this podcast is when I initially interviewed you, it was for an article where no matter how much you told me, it was going to get reduced to just a few sentences. So I would love it if each of you would tell me your emotional abuse story. First. Yeah. <laughs> so Elsie's going first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm Elsie. Yeah, so for me, I knew at the time of my relationship, it was very up and down. And well, like a roller coaster ride, I didn't really know it was abusive at all. Um, so I had this like rocky relationship, breakups, getting back together, silent treatment, love bombing, all that stuff, which I now know the lingo for. I didn't at the time. And I had this like really awful breakup where it slowly got reduced to that. I'd found out that my boyfriend at the time, he'd had these text messages crop up on a laptop that I was using that had said, thank you um, for dinner last night. I had a really great time getting to know you. We should do it again. I was like, that's really weird. And they were from a few months before. So I, they just sporadically popped up. I hadn't done anything. I rang him immediately and he just didn't respond. He had nothing to say to me whatsoever. And at the time he was actually working abroad and we were in Australia and he was in New Zealand. And then 
he he just silenced me. He he wouldn't talk to me about it or anything. I took a step back to process everything. I was quite shocked by it all. He didn't really have anything to say. He said he hadn't done anything wrong and that I was being dramatic. So I kind of left it at that. But we were also about five days away from going on holiday to Bali. So we were going to meet back up there. And then I was going to go off traveling for a bit with a best friend. So I had this like silent treatment going on for a few days. I'd been with him for two and a half years. And then I was sort of begging him to communicate with me, just give me some clue as to what is going on in your mind. Like, why am I fighting for your explanation when I haven't done anything wrong? So that was like a bit weird. And then out of the blue, he just literally broke up with me on a text message the day before our holiday. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to go to Bali where he's booked this whole trip in this like hotel room for two. And like, I just, I was so quiet for about two days, just really numb. I didn't know what to think. I didn't cry. I didn't tell anyone because I was so embarrassed. And then um, this breakup just like knocked me sideways. I just didn't know what had happened. I didn't understand how after two and a half years, it was reduced to such a colossal (laughs) ending. Um, And then... I was meant to go to the Philippines and meet my friend and it was just, I was trying to make the best of a bad situation. I was pretty miserable. I did cry an awful lot, (laughs) Um, but got through it. And then I, God, I sound like such a jet setter, but then I I, I flew flew back to Australia. You live um, in a certain part of the world. It's okay. Yeah, it was actually actually really good timing because it was kind of good to leave my current environment and escape all of that pain. Um, But yeah, so I was back in Australia doing a working holiday and then um, I moved to the opposite side. So I was on the East Coast and I knew my ex was still living on the West Coast. And then he kind of just kept breadcrumbing me, just sending me little messages of hope all the time. But I kind of thought, oh, maybe we'll get back together again. Um, Ignored how awful I'd been treated. (laughs) I love that term breadcrumbing. I just want to say that that, that I I have never heard it used as a verb. And I think that's perfect. That is a perfect verb for um, like stringing you along. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he was feeding me all these hopeful messages. And then um, this was about two, two months after our breakup. And then I was living with um, a group of people and they were like, why don't you just get out and meet new people? Just try and like move on a little bit. So they like put me on all the dating apps. I was absolutely terrified. (laughs) Definitely not ready. (laughs) And then um, had an awful experience. And then I I got this random message from my ex being like, what are you doing on Tinder? Get off. And I was like, how the hell does he know? <laughs> like, he's on the opposite side of the country. That was creepy. And then I was like, right, this it, enough is enough. I, I ended up breaking contact with him. I was really polite about it as well. I wish I hadn't been. And <laughs> I get that. I just said, I was like, I need to get over you. I need to break contact with you. It was like the only control I had. And then I went back to the UK. 
flying out again. Um, and then during this time, I was just so depressed. I I didn't know what to do with myself. And then I started trying to like move on with my life a bit. And then I got a friend call me in the UK and was like, how are you doing with everything? Like, it's been a while since we caught up. And I was like, oh, just just getting there. And then she was like, I've got something to tell you. And I was just like, it's <laughs> the oh last thing anyone ever wants to hear. Isn't it? My yeah. stomach like fell out my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I <did>. was... <laughs> and she, she then goes, um, so I found something out about your ex-boyfriend and I've been toying with whether I should tell you. And I was like, well, oh, yeah. God. You got it now. <laughs> I know. This was like five months after, I think, yeah. roughly is the timeline. And then she was like, yeah, I found out that when you were together, right at the beginning of our relationship, so in the first six months, she was like, one of my friends um, slept with him when he was working away. And I was like, what are you like? Are you sure? She had all the proof all the receipts for what he'd been doing. She had the girl that she knew, explained everything. It all made sense. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And then it was like, everything sort of started coming out of the woodwork. And it was almost like validation as well that there was something wrong in the relationship. I just didn't know what it was. It's like you didn't feel, it's like you finally didn't feel crazy. Yes, exactly. There was like, there was obviously something being hidden through that relationship that I couldn't see at the time. I was too in love. I was really blindsided. Um, so then all this stuff started coming out of the woodwork. And then I slowly realized that he had been cheating on me throughout the two and a half year relationship. <sighs> and then I was absolutely like devastated. I obviously had to worry about my sexual health as well. I was like, sure, I need to go and get checked out. Sure. Um, I just had all these worries and concerns. And then I talked to another friend who was going through a rough time in her relationship. And then she just said, oh, he sounds like a narcissist. And I was like, a narcissist? What's a narcissist? And it just gave me the vocab to explain every up and down that I'd ever had in my relationship. And it was like, like, ping, ping, ping. Things (laughs) were just like light bulbs going off in my head. I was like, this is what my relationship was. And yeah, so like this whole process just like went on for so long. So I felt like I only started trying to move on once I had the facts of what had happened. Yeah. Um, and then I had like a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> um, who could, bl- who could blame you? Standard. Who could blame you? <laughs> so yeah, I went off the rails a little bit. And then I was like, I need to leave England. I was like, I just wanted to return to the last place I was happy, which was New Zealand. Left New Zealand, started therapy, and then that's how I like started processing what I now know to be a narcissistic abusive relationship. It's quite a long story, wasn't it? No, not at all, not at all. And I've I've heard some of it before, so yeah. it's all good. No, but it's fine. It's fine. Listeners, Elsie and I have known each other for several months now, so it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right, so, um, but could you remind me, like, of the timeline? Like, when like when did that happen? Okay, so the breakup or the, the actual relationship? Both. Okay, so our relationship started in about May 2016. Okay. Ended 
in end of January 2019 or 2018. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, it's something like that. I think it's 20. It was two and a half years. 2019. <laughs> Thank you, Thank LP. You, <laughs> 19. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you are so it was like last time January 2019 ended. Yeah. And then I found everything out around May 2019, June 2019. Got it. Okay. So, um, all right, LP, you're up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, where to start? <laughs> um, I think, you know, the, the first few months of my relationship seemed absolutely mm-hmm. perfect and it came out of nowhere. Um, you know, she seemed to be everything that I had been looking for at, at that moment. Um, everything moved super quick. Um, you know, I think we, we were probably dating eight days before she told me that she loved me. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it was it was pretty intense, sure. to say the least. But, you know, I was completely captivated by it and also felt mm-hmm. the same way and just kind of was happy that I'd finally found someone. You know, what what you hear people describe, oh, you know, this, this feeling, that, that's yeah. what it was. Um, I think so we moved in together pretty quickly after probably after two and a half months something like that Um, and pretty quickly after us moving in together the dynamic changed completely Mm -hmm. Um, like I I didn't feel as secure in the relationship anymore like there was little things that were starting to come out um, mainly about um like her behavior and how she was with other people I think you know we'd gone on a few nights out and some friends have said oh you know she was coming on to me and and this kind of thing Mm. so you know I I I started to get a little bit I guess feeling not worthy Mm. almost um I did I did start to question her initially at first and was met with anger for sure you know for not trusting her and yeah just yeah anger pretty much it wasn't like I guess when you have those conversations you want to be reassured and just go oh no you know it's a misunderstanding but it it was never really met like that and I think um it just started to happen more and more and uh we I think we went on another night out and she would always be like disappearing for hours or, you know, you get the, he said, she said, oh, she, she's been doing this, she's been doing that. And she started to, you know, be really distant and was on her phone all the time and was messaging the same kind of people. Um, I did get into the habit of looking at the messages, which <laughs> is, um, I'd, I hate admitting that, to be honest, um, but almost felt vindicated when I had seen the messages that were that were being sent. Yeah. Um, and despite seeing that and, and questioning her about certain friendships, she was so convincing mm. in making me believe that I wasn't seeing what I was reading. I was making it all up. It was all in my head. Um, you know she'd say things like that she would think about this person as she was having sex with me and I was misreading that as being something it wasn't that is some serious (laughs) gaslighting (laughs) wow I'm so sorry that happened to you it it really sucked and it went on for quite a long time 
um, with a specific person especially. Um, and I think the more that I tried to question it or bring up my concerns or insecurities, the more it was shoved down, the more I was being crazy, the more I was trying to control her and, and who she saw. Um, and I think so she, she was saying to you that oh, you were trying to control her that's oh, oh yeah 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 for sure I, di- I didn't want her to make new friends I didn't <laughs> you know I didn't want her to do anything wow yeah um and I think at the time I was on or I'd started medication for mm-hmm. acne and I think um there were some pretty serious side effects and she convinced me that me acting this crazy way is is was a result of of those things. So wow. I, yeah. Wow. I Oh my it sounds um, awful. I'm embarrassed. Um, did she did she did she was, she was she a medical professional? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> but I believed her. And I, I stopped taking Oh, um, oh you just, poor, okay. I just 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 to kind of prove that I was, you know, really trying in the relationship and I think eventually it all came to an end you know she said she wasn't into me I I wasn't attracted or she wasn't attracted to me anymore and she just didn't see it going anywhere and it was like over just in a flash Mm -hmm. um I'd really love to say that I had Laura's willpower where you didn't (laughs) uh keep going back there um but yeah it was again followed by the silent treatment for a Mm -hmm. couple of weeks um she would pop up out of nowhere um I I moved back to my parents pretty Mm -hmm. instantly um I think she just wanted me gone um and I think at that moment in time I would have done absolutely anything to have contact with her and I was just being ignored um and then she would randomly show up to my parents crying her eyes out saying how sorry she was that she's made a massive Oh my mistake. God, what a manipulator. Um, wow. You know, like if, if I didn't take her back, she would drive into oncoming traffic on oh, the way wow. home. Um, and you know, I would fall for it and I would fall back into consoling her and, and what she yeah. needed. Um, and then again, nothing. I wouldn't hear anything from her for a few weeks. What after. did your parents say? What did your parents say? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> they they didn't know that she was turning up so she would park just down oh. the road and I would like sneak out in my I see I see they would be dragging me back into got it house. okay sure all right I just yeah okay um, thank you for clarifying okay. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah not her biggest fan um and yeah I think that that probably went on for about six mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. maybe like the back and forth um and then she kind of came back again, kind of begging for me back, but was it was more consistent over a, a longer period of time. And I ended up saying yes, you know, just said that I needed complete honesty from, you know, whatever had been going on. And she said that she had given it, that it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, and then I think we got back together. I moved back home. Um, a couple of weeks later, I had a message from the girl in question saying that I'd been played for a complete mug, like they'd been having a relationship the whole time um, from the moment that I yeah. thought. <laughs> um, I confronted her and again, she was angry, then started blaming the other girl for making it up. 
um, until she kind of couldn't anymore and kind of had to gave some kind of half-assed yeah. apology. Um, you know, I it was my fault that she kind of went elsewhere. Um, and yeah, and then we were back together. But <laughs> um, it was kind of a pattern, mm-hmm. I think. So we'd be together for a few months. Everything would be amazing. There'd be love bombing. Like, everything was perfect. And then it would kind of start. It was the same every stop time. And start, um, stop and start. Stop and start. Oh, okay. yeah. And the, the, the behaviors would be the same. Like, you could notice a change in her pretty yeah. quickly. Like, uh, just completely disinterested in, in anything. Mm-hmm to do with you and really made that obvious okay um and then yeah I think it, a similar thing started again she started talking to someone uh, a new this time it was a guy mm-hmm. and you know I thought oh I actually don't need to worry about that because <laughs> I didn't I didn't think I needed to <laughs> um and again again it was the same pattern the same thing happened you know I think throughout all this time I'd never told my friends or family what actually happened when we broke up so I never told them that I you know someone had come to me and said that she was having an affair the whole time um I was embarrassed I think that I didn't you know and I wanted to protect her if I knew that I wanted to get back with her so if if the people that loved me knew what really happened it would make it a lot harder Mm -hmm. for her to be in my life so I never told them. And then I think we were supposed to go and see Lady Gaga for the concert up, up country somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that she couldn't get the time uh-huh. off work. Um, and at this point, we're already going down like the, you know, the deep value stage. And she just said she couldn't get the time off. Um, I'm going to have to take someone else. So I took mm-hmm. my sister. Um, it turns out she did get the time off work she had the time she was spending time with the other person yeah um but on the way home from the concert I told my sister everything that had happened so it was um I think just having that conversation it was like okay now I actually need to do something about it I can't live like this good for you and and I'm going to chalk that up to Lady Gaga. I bet you she gave you the confidence <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I got home and I, I said that I can't do this anymore. Um, and, and we broke up. And I I, I think I, I kept the, the house, actually. And, and the idea was my friend was going to mm-hmm. move in. But again, it wasn't just clean cut. I couldn't just completely yeah. cut it off. Um, I still kind of craved hearing from her just to see how she was. And I think she kind of needed to know that I still Mm -hmm. needed her for a long time afterwards. Um, So, yeah, there's uh, there's probably a lot of stuff that I've missed out there. But, yeah, it was it was pretty tough. So, I mean, is so again, like what what was the timeline like how long would you say the relationship was and when was it finally over the relationship was just shy of okay. three years I think we got together in august 2015 mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. so it was probably the year before laura had her relationship yeah. um and I think, again, we'd be good for a couple of months at the yeah. start, then, you know, three or four months of 
being devalued and then discarded. It, it always kind of ran around. Yeah, that yeah. And so when would you say you, you finally were done? Um, I, again, I think I tried to move on pretty quickly without understanding what had been happening. Um, so I, uh, I honestly don't think I would have been completely done until a year after mm-hmm. we broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, she still kind of kept messaging every so often and I found it quite hard not mm-hmm. to respond. Um, but I think once me and Laura started talking a little bit more about narcissism and emotional abuse, um, it really opened up my world a little bit. And uh, like Laura said, a lot of bells were like ringing, boxes were getting ticked, like it was, everything was kind of starting to fit into place. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is why it's so important to share these stories because just in your answer, you're, you're saying that you didn't really find it within yourself to really start moving on and, and ignoring those messages until you started, until you started talking to Laura. Yes. Okay. That's wonderful. And I think it's super important. Like that's, it helped me massively just having someone to talk to that kind of understood where you were coming from and why you're struggling so much to to get over it you know you'd go to some friends and they'd be like come on you know well Elsie knows because I've (laughs) told I I told her my story and uh there's only a handful of people I can really talk about what happened to because they they just don't get it no um uh, uh, my emotional abuse, uh, story happened, uh, in the workplace. It was my boss. And no matter how many times I try to talk to my loved ones about it, um, nobody really understood how bad things were. So that's why these kinds of communities are so important. And I think it's so important what the two of you are doing. And that's why I'm, First, I tried an article, and now we're doing. Now we're doing the podcast <laughs> to get to get the word out. <laughs> That's amazing that you are doing that. And I hope this works. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, oh, right. Um, so, I wanted to know, like. Uh, because I know you guys were uh, were childhood friends in the UK. Like, how old yeah. were you when you when you met and started your seven. friendship? Seven, seven, seven years old. Yeah, I think yeah, you were seven. I was eight. Well, I think we moved to the uh-huh. same town. Uh-huh. Like, what, within nine months of each yeah. other or something. Yeah. So I moved yeah, and, uh, again. I sound like a jet setter. Oh, I moved stop. from Switzerland <laughs> oh, to the UK. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, when I was I seven. just moved from Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, and then we just like moved there in the same year and literally down the road from each other and then went to the same school and everything. So yeah, like both pretty weird kids. And <laughs> no, you're not weird <laughs> at all. And besides, we're all weird. That's what I'm gonna say. Um and how old are you guys now? And how old are you guys? Thirty two. Thirty three. Awesome. I thought you guys were younger. Did you? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, um, all right. So let me get uh, back down to, uh, all right. So what would you say 
are some red flags of emotional or narcissistic abuse that people should look out for? Oh, I feel like it's more something that you need to identify in yourself, like mm-hmm. get comfortable with understanding your emotions and not normalizing them. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like sometimes everyone wants to define a narcissist and you're not going to get them diagnosed for one. And also it's, I think it's better to view it as like, it's more of a personality style that they have and that kind of like if you're introverted extroverted you're a narcissist like all these different things it's it's quite hard for them to change their ways but like with them I feel like quick is a real like big red flag so when you meet them things progress so quickly and like the same way that Laura's relationship started I think my ex had told me he loved me within three weeks of being together mm-hmm. so it wasn't eight days but <laughs> But three weeks was still pretty soon. That, like yeah. If I compare it to my relationship now, it was more like four, five months until we were like comfortable with bringing that up, which just kind of shows like the difference in speed. And yeah, we moved in together within three months as well. So I feel like quick is a really big red flag. And also just that gut feeling that we're not very comfortable at listening to um because yeah yeah especially early on you get like swept up yeah you're ignoring it because you don't have time to process what's going on because it's happening so quickly there's no like standstill of being like hang on a minute um and also like I think with me at the beginning I did kind of set a boundary that I wasn't looking for a relationship but at the time I didn't realize that was like almost like a a green light to my ex I like I didn't know what I was up against by saying that it was almost like it became a challenge to change what I wanted if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah Um, trust yourself that sounds like yeah oh for sure Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I think mine it depends on the 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 types of relationships that you've had I think um I would definitely look out for people that don't really have many friends that's just my own personal one um I think or or have a quick turnover of people Mm -hmm. in their life um and yeah I think there's so many others to be honest but I make them look good as well like Mm -hmm kind of like a face value friendship like my ex had like friends in high rugby teams or like all these contacts that had like really great um like I don't know platforms that were just like high up in society or whatever mm-hmm. so just like people that made him look good or like people that owned bike shops that could give him the latest bike at a better price like just he had really good resources hmm. So yeah, people who like look good on paper yes. in his life. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> and um, what is one thing that you want the public to know and understand about emotional or and or narcissistic abuse? That narcissistic relationships or like emotional abusive relationships are not bad all the time. Because when they're good, like, can we swear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking amazing when they're good. Like, you honestly 
think you have like won the jackpot you're like even with your soul mate they mirror all your hopes and dreams like they're incredible they're taking you on crazy dates like buying you helicopter rides that was one of my love bombing things and right. it wasn't for like my birthday it wasn't for like christmas or anything it was i think my memory's quite foggy but i think it was after something bad had happened because um that's like a really extravagant gift to give someone like mental a helicopter ride over the mountains like, I, I i remember when you told me about that and then yeah. you said it wasn't even for your birthday or yeah. christmas yeah. or anything like that that's wild, yeah, that's wild. exactly yeah. so like you get you get so like high off of all these things you're like i've this person's saying everything that I've never heard before. And like, I've had shitty boyfriends. So like, it was quite a low bar that I'd set. <laughs> <laughs> so then if someone swoops in and is like telling me I'm the most amazing thing they've ever met, like you buy into that. It's hard not to ignore that. I get it. I think I, I, think I would say also that it's, it's absolutely not your mm-hmm. fault. Like people definitely take a lot of blame coming out of a relationship like this. Like, oh, I should have known better. I should have seen the signs yeah. earlier. That that's just what they do. They're they're master manipulators. So it's absolutely not anyone's fault that this happened. Yeah, absolutely. Like they they don't pick just weak characters. They'll pick strong characters if they want a challenge. That's more gratifying to knock a woman off her pedestal that was so confident and independent to reduce her to nothing. Um, or like vice versa if you've got someone that you can manipulate who's really like a people pleaser empathetic that's like really easy for them to get the gratification from knocking them down as well so it's like yes it 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 really it really is and I really appreciate um LP what you said about um how it's not your fault because I do feel that emotional abusers are so good at making you feel that it was all on you. I um a, a big element of my experience with my abuser was character assassination and I walked out of of my job at Rolling Stone thinking that I was this horrible person that you know just couldn't do anything right and um it did not take long for me to realize how off the mark that was I mean that that's that's really yeah. good that it didn't take you long to realize that I think it, it de- it's definitely still something I struggle with intermittently is I think the the long term effects of of that kind of abuse yeah is it really does weigh you down and learning to trust yourself again and, you know, not taking on board what all these people are saying or what, what the abuser is yeah. saying, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, it does. And I mean, my experience actually happened. I left Rolling Stone. We're coming up on nine years actually. And look at me, I'm, I'm doing this podcast because I still need to talk about it because um, I find that because a lot of people don't understand that emotional and narcissistic abuse is just as serious as some form of, as, as all forms of physical abuse, I find that because my boss didn't sexually assault me, 
that it really wasn't that big of a deal. I know. Yeah. That's exactly like, but if you think about what's portrayed on TV, you define abuse as physical. Like, yes. You can't, you can't play out emotional abuse because it's over such a long period of time. And your body is like remembering this trauma for months to years to however long you're stuck with this abuser. So like, over time, that is going to cause damage. It's like repetitive, stressful situations. It, it's it's absolutely true. Um, I, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking for a way to, uh, to kind of shoehorn this tidbit <laughs> in because I've recorded a version of my story, but I didn't include oh. this part. Um, so a few years ago... Um, during one of the presidential debates here in the U.S., uh, featuring guy you may have heard of, may have heard of named Donald Trump, when oh. he would go wrong, that triggered me because that's what my boss used to do. <sighs> yeah, that so like even whenever I hear like a soundbite of Donald Trump going wrong. <sighs> I go exactly. right back to my experience it. with my with yeah. with that boss. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's like certain songs. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear, like I, it's really hard. Like you'll hear a song that maybe you shared together, and then yeah. that just like it makes you your hair stand on end. It's mm-hmm. like a reminder of what you put up with. It's like flashbacks, isn't it? Of you feeling like and they just come out of nowhere yeah Mm -hmm. you feeling like this small person again it's like a reminder of what you've like what happened to you yeah so um what else can what can we expect coming from salt sisters uh in the near future is you know i'd love you know this is your opportunity to share uh whatever you want about the blog um the instagram anything else you have going on Here's your opportunity. <laughs> uh, well, I think at, at the moment we're we're really focusing on on the blogs and getting getting more information out there about it. You know, we'd love to get more and more people coming to the site, and so we can you know build this community where people can interact with each yeah. other. Um, I think um, Instagram at the moment is just a, a way for us to communicate with with people that want to, and I think you know there's obviously going to be. Um, posts about when our new blogs are coming up and you know we we just kind of want to try and get as many people in the community because you know I just we feel like the more people are in it the more people it's going to help the more people are going to feel less alone and validated and I think it would just be Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so listeners, um, the blog posts on saltsisters.com are excellent, uh, excellent resources. Um, so please go, uh, go check them out. If you have any questions about emotional or narcissistic abuse, if you just need someone to talk to, um, reach out, uh, via their Instagram or their website. So the website is saltsisters.com. S-A-L-L-S-I-S-T-E-R-S dot com. And the Instagram account is Salt Sisters Official. And that's two L's in Salt Sisters. <laughs> Thank you for that. My, ple- my pleasure. <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. <laughs> 
Did you have anything you wanted to add to that, Laura? Um, well, yeah, we both realised long-form content is the best way that we can express ourselves. Like, we were dabbling in Instagram for a wee while, but I just feel like I can't condense down to three minutes. Emotional abuse is just such a big topic that I feel like it needs to be written down in a blog. And, like, we're trying to do it with theory and relating it to our experiences because we didn't have that resource like if I could stumble across someone that had experienced something that I had and put a name to it it would just it would plant a seed um because obviously these relationships are incredibly difficult to leave and even maybe with that information it's hard to know but if someone can sort of point out you're living in a pattern this relationship's a cycle like it just might help you connect the dots and that's what we're hoping to provide just help people get to that point and I think that uh this is a wonderful endeavor that you guys are working on right now because it's it's starting to be talked about a little bit more but I do find that community is essential in these kinds of situations so uh thank you both again for sharing your stories for doing what you're doing for coming on and talking to me and Guys, we did it. We did it. One person in New York, one person in the United Kingdom, and one person in New Zealand. We did it. Yeah, yes. Such a time difference as well. I know. (laughs) Well, this this was great. Thank you so much, both. All right. All right. You guys take care. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you once again to Laura C. and Laura P. for your candid interview with me. If you would like to learn more about Salt Sisters, please visit their website at saltsisters.com. That's salt with two L's for Laura. It's spelled S-A-L-L-T-S-I-S-T-E-R-S dot com. You can also visit their Instagram account at Salt Sisters Official. I will be leaving all of this information in the show notes as well. Also, if you would like to share your emotional abuse story here on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out at hello at sereneleads.com or through Instagram at sereneleadswrites. Please note that this podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional mental health services. If you are a victim of emotional abuse and need help, please call or text the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.